0: Welcome to, wow, I can't speak today. Already, I just can't speak. That's a great way to start a show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin. I am here with a very special lady. We're actually starting like way late because we've had such a good time talking. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun for all of us. Let's welcome Noopy to the show. Noopy, how are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? I've been having such a fun time talking to you. I could be doing this all day. (laughs) Well, that's good. That's good. Well, before we get into to all the things, uh, let let me ask you, how did you end up with the, the name Noopy?
1: Well, my father was very big on nicknames and he loved and my real name happens to be Georgiana. So but, you know, he wasn't going to call me Georgiana and uh, nose in our family or my father always thought that my nose was a little noop. He says, oh, you got a little noop. So I would constantly, when I would eat as a kid or whatever, a baby, I'd get stuff all over my nose. And he'd say, oh, you got stuff on your noob. Oh, you got stuff. Oh, nooper. And it went nooper. Then it eventually became noopy. And when somebody questions me, they go, oh, no, you mean snoopy? No. Take the S off and you got it.
0: Well, it's definitely better than some things that I've been called over the years.
1: Yeah, well, there you go.
0: <laughs> I, I'm i so excited about this project that you've been working on. Uh, if I have my dates right, it's coming out August 15th. It is a wonderful new collection of music that's never been heard before uh, by the wonderful Rosemary. Of course, if you do not... Um, if you don't know her as Sally Rogers from the Dick Van Dyke show, her many appearances on Hollywood Squares, which I think is probably where I know her from the best because I used mm-hmm. to watch that all the time. A lot uh, of people, yeah. Or the stage, uh this woman was everywhere. She was such a presence. I mean, she really brought a certain energy to anything that she did, and I think that's what I really loved most about her aside from her for uh, her obvious talent. Uh but she was your mom. She was. She was my mom. She
2: and you was are my Noah, mom.
0: You're no stranger to Las Vegas. And I found, oh. I did not know this uh, until uh, I got all the information over, but she was the actual first person to ever have a residency in Las Vegas over at the Tropicana, which is one of the- No, no, people, no, no.
1: The Flamingo. Or, I'm sorry,
0: the Flamingo. One of the only uh, older hotels still standing here in Vegas. Which well, is, it was uh, the first
1: nice. one. It was yeah. the first one. And, mm-hmm. and Bugsy Siegel- uh, got this vision that he was going to build this very fancy hotel in the middle of a desert. There was, there was nothing around. It was desert. Yeah. And it was his, it was his dream to build this hotel. And she uh, he had seen her because she had been a nightclub performer at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wanted her to play. And so the opening was uh her and uh, Jimmy Durrani and Xavier Cougat. And they flew in a bunch of stars and everything for the opening. And it was grand. And And uh, they everybody was in tuxedos and it was terrific and all that. And then the next day, everybody went home. <laughs> so my mother used to say, you haven't lived till you've seen Jimmy Durrani walk out and work to 12, 12 people. Because, the the locals weren't sure what what the heck I mean, what what do we do with this place? Right. And and uh, so it kind of it kind of started from there. Uh, Peter Marshall, who uh, narrates on my mother's documentary, Wait for Your Laugh. He played Vegas and he said at the time that he played it, there was only one cab driver. And, and he said his name was Louie. I'll never forget that. <laughs> and uh, he said, and there was like two hotels, Golden Nugget, maybe, I think was was one. Mm-hmm. But um, he said that was it. And of course, it was run by the mob. So right. if you, So if you played Vegas, you were working for the mob. But every celebrity and every person that ever worked Vegas loved it because the mob treated
0: them like, like gold. Yeah, they appreciate and, it. well they appreciate it cuz they brought in the money and they brought in the visitors. Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: And and uh but the uh, entertainers got got treated so beautifully that you know, they didn't want to turn it down. The money was good. Yeah. And uh and they absolutely loved it. So if you could play Vegas, you played Vegas as much as you could and she and she used to get calls from whomever, saying, "Okay, you know, we want you to play at the Sands. We want you to play at the Sahara. We want you to play at the Riviera. And uh, so my youth, a lot of it was spent in Vegas because that's where she worked. Mm -hmm.
0: And I can't imagine uh, what it was like to watch the city grow and evolve over those those trips out here.
1: Well, one of the things that she used to do, which I'm telling you, the people are clamoring for now. Every time she would go to Vegas, she she loved to take movies with her movie camera. Mm-hmm. She would sit in, she would have somebody drive her. She'd sit in the car and she'd drive down the strip. I've got pictures. We have movies of the Vegas strip. When she would drive down there, you'd see one hotel and then you'd see desert. Wow. See One hotel. And it just, it just, And literally you, you would look at the back of the Flamingo and you'd see this, this beautiful hotel and then desert, desert here, desert here. I mean, totally nothing, nothing. Yeah. And it was, it was a thing that every time she, and she was smart enough to realize that she knew that this was probably going to take off. Mm -hmm. So she said, I'm going to take every time I play, I'm going to drive down the strip and i'm going to take i'm going to take 8 millimeter film at that time
2: mm-hmm.
1: of the strip and that's what she did and those
2: pictures
0: are phenomenal oh i can only imagine i mean i just in you know there's so many different uh like groups on facebook that are about vintage vegas and they'll post pictures mm-hmm. and i i i'm amazed at the little bits of things that i see i can't imagine every time you, you come back to town after four or five months, all of a sudden there's another hotel or, you know, Caesar yeah. Palace has built a, a speedway, which they had before they changed it to the forum shops. And I mean, the, the evolution of this town is probably one of the craziest of any place in the country.
1: It, it's the only thing that she, somebody came to her once and the only thing that, that didn't work in Vegas, she brought <laughs> she was not a good person to buy stock in anything because usually the stock went, you know, but, um, so she said, Oh, I bought stock in Vegas. I said, where'd you buy the Las Vegas racetrack for horses? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Die to death.
0: Oh,
2: man.
1: Die to death. But, uh, and Maury, who was very smart, Maury, Maury Amsterdam, who of course she worked with on Dick Van Dyke, Maury was smart. Maury said, I'm going to buy some land over here. And I think he bought the land across the street from the Sahara. It later became Sahara. And it was an empty lot forever
2: Mm
1: -hmm. for a while. And then, because One of the many times that I would go to Vegas, I would look and and I'd look and i go, no, the lot's still there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's it's one thing to secure the land, to build something on it. That's especially of the magnitude that they were starting to build even back then. Sure. That's a lot of money. It
1: was. But, you know, something it became. I mean, well, I mean, look at look at what it is now the last time I think she actually saw Vegas was maybe 10 15 years ago if not more Mm. and uh we were flying in and I said to her I said mother look outside look at the and of course all the houses you know all the all the tile houses that are everywhere right yeah and uh she went that's that's Vegas? Said, yeah, mom, that's Vegas.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Holy Toledo. And I mean, <laughs> I drove her by the Luxor and all this stuff.
0: And she went, Are you kidding me? Yeah.
1: And she said, Oh my God, Bugsy has to be spinning in his grave.
0: Well, I think it's the the classic, like anything else that's you know, male dominated is the one-upsmanship. Oh, you built mm-hmm. that kind of hotel? Fine, I'll build a pyramid hotel. I'll, and then you're gonna do I'll do, build that. Fine, I'll do this. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. True. Well, I wanna. I just want to ask you one more question about that. Um, what mm-hmm. I wonder what her act was like. Was it kind of like the the lounge act where she, you know, wears the long dress, lays across the piano, goes out, and works the crowd a little bit, kind of act? Or what she, was she? Doing? No,
1: she never played the lounge in Vegas. It was always the main room. Never. Okay. Um, she uh, at that point in her life, she had left this quote. She had started to change her act to where she was singing. But she was also doing comedy hmm. she was actually when she first when she first started she was a singer that kind of did comedy then she became later a comedian who sings hmm. so okay. uh you know the the um the mob of course knew what she could do and that's why she was booked immediately right. to, i mean if you're going to open up vegas you're going to open up with her yeah. And and uh, so her her act at that point basically was a, I mean she still sang she's a great singer which you're going to hear on this uh, collection it's a fabulous singer I I'm telling you some of these things blew me out of the water but anyway um, so she was usually the opening act for somebody that was bigger or something
0: you know. And um, so, like a Dean Martin or Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah,
2: like yeah, that, well, or?
1: yeah, who, yeah, you know, it was who, whom, whomever was big at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, you know, Frank, Dean, all that stuff was still going. But there were other people there. There were a lot of singers mm-hmm. that were playing. Uh, Rosemary Clooney, I think, uh, sa- sang in uh, Vegas. And uh, of course, all the male singers. So they would book her as the opening act and then a male singer, whoever was the, you know, and I don't know, Andy Williams or somebody like that, that was big at the time. So she was the opening act. And if the, if the mob called her and said, okay, we want you to be an opening act for whomever she went, okay, I'm there. And then eventually when, when, when the nightclub thing started to kind of die down, then she knew she had to get into television. Mm -hmm. She was
0: always progressing. She was always going forward, Mm -hmm. never, ever backwards. And it uh, seems like she was always doing something. Like she, she didn't really sit. She never stopped. Yeah.
1: She never stopped. The only time she stopped was after my father passed away. And she, she went into a major depression after that because they had a marvelous marriage. They had a beautiful marriage. Mm -hmm. And which is also depicted in her film. I mean, I, I saw women cry during that film. I mean, it's tremendous. And, uh, that was the only time that she really considered, you know, she really didn't want to work, but then she was a single mother. She had me, she had the, ho- her, our, our house. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep working. Uh, for that reason but also she loved it she missed it 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 was so in it was so in her i mean literally she worked up to like nine like 91 she did a voiceover for a a cartoon at 91 so i mean she never stopped it was i say in the film i said it's almost like a drug Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. she had to keep she had to keep doing this.
0: Well, don't you think, though, when in, in general, when people retire from their whatever their job is, whether they're you know working in a factory or mortgage company, whatever it is, when they stop working, unless they have something that they've been wanting to do, a hobby or something, they kind of lose their sense of purpose. They do.
1: And she and she never, ever did. Mm-hmm. I mean, She. After Dick Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke was only five years of her life. Yeah. Of the span of things, it's really not that much. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't realize that the residuals that were paid back then are not the same way that they are now. Right. And so after 1967, she never made a dime off that show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So she had to work. She had yeah. she had no income. So that's when she started to do all these different shows. And I had a friend tell me a couple of days ago, Oh, I saw your mother on Adam 12. Lord. And, uh, <laughs> she did like four or five swats, uh, shows mm. she did three, four monkeys. It's a huge fan base with the monkeys, by the way, it's there's oh, yeah. still, I, I mean, it's amazing what's out there. Mm. And, uh, so she started to do all these sitcoms and and just just kept going. I don't know how many love. In fact, I just got a thing the other day. I think she did 10 love boats. I don't know that many. I, you know, I mean, I got wow. the list, but it's but I got one the other day. Somebody was asking me, well, you know, she did all these shows. And I said, yeah, I said she did a show called Alf way back when, which was about uh, um, the aliens. Uh, yeah exactly the alien Wow. okay okay and I don't so remember she, that yeah so she actually did an elf and I got a uh residual for it the other day 38 cents so I said I want wow. everybody to know how rich I'm gonna get on this thing <laughs> yes
0: yeah. well and, and it's crazy because they'll mail out checks for zero.
1: Oh, I well, I did get one when uh, we were shooting the the film, and and of course because we, had, you know, we were all shooting it uh, on a wing and a prayer, because mm-hmm. and we wound up having to do a Kickstarter program because we didn't have the money. Yeah, you know, we didn't have the amount of money that was needed to make
0: a film. I'm shocked and with so, those residual checks coming in.
1: So we had. One check came in and Jason, the uh, producer director of the film, he said, can I see how much that one is? I said, here, have at it. I gave him the envelope and he opened it up. It was for one cent. And he said, can I have this? I'm going to frame it and put it in my office. I said, Jason, you can have that. That's my gift to you for all the work you've done.
0: So (laughs) That was nice of you not to charge him a penny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. I said it costs them more to mail it. Well, that's just it. It just makes no sense. And of course, nowadays, everything could be done digitally, you know, through through transfers and all that. And you wouldn't even you can email a statement. It would actually cost you nothing to do it. Uh, but I, well, I, I
1: I've been hacked about four times. So oh, I'm wow. very I'm very leery about it, including yeah. right after my mother passed away. They uh, somebody managed to get into our joint checking account. Wow. And because and, uh, because I had put money in there for the funeral and the expenses and all of that. Mm. And it was obviously an inside job, whatever. But uh, 20 uh, all of a sudden I minus twenty five thousand dollars.
0: But did you get, you got it back though, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I eventually got it back, but I wanted to nail that guy.
0: Oh yeah. Did you, were you able to find out who it was?
1: No, I wound up very, I wound up going to the cops and, and, and they said, well, if it, if it's under 30 or, you know, we don't do it. And I said, no, I'm going to tell you who she, who she was. And you guys are going to do it or else I'm going to the press. Mm -hmm. And so uh, all of a sudden, I had a detective um, and who believe I, I couldn't make this name up. Honest to God, if I tried Detective Bravo. No, I swear to God, I I don't you know, he <laughs> I, I can't even say, you know, it, 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 he was a nice guy. He got so excited when I think one of the tabloids called him. Mm. And he goes, oh, I hope I said the right thing. I said, no, you're fine. I said, I want you to nail this guy. I don't want. And my assistant, we we wound up getting the guy's address, phone number, this and that. He had an operation in some place in California. And I called the detective Bravo. And I said it was in San Bernardino territory, wasn't in L.A. County. Mm -hmm. And I said, here's here's his address. Go knock on the door. You know, and he said it's out of our jurisdiction because it's sent. uh, uh, You know, it just it just got from there. He found a videotape uh, at one bank of the wife trying to cash one of. She forged my signature. It, it, It just so I get very leery about doing anything online. I'll be honest.
0: I don't blame you. Yeah.
1: Because all of a sudden. I'll get a thing saying, "Did you make this purchase for?" And I go, "And again, again." Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I, I, you know, how many times can you change pass passwords? Right. Give me a break. So, and anyway. why
0: should we have to? I mean, you just should. So, no, uh,
1: you know, so there's there's a couple of things that I have sent. Uh, I have sent direct, but I have the residuals come in checks, so I have them. And I have a good record of them instead of them going out into cyberspace somewhere. Right. So even if they're thirty-eight cents, <laughs> and <laughs> I take them to the bank, and the guy will look at me and I go, "No, I'm not going to let them keep this." Yeah. I'm cashing this sucker. So.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, he goes,
1: "Might as well." I say, right. "Might as deserved, well.
0: You know, when I get my my money from my 0. .0007 cent play on uh, Spotify,
1: I'll yeah. take it. Exactly. No, Yeah. don't you know, you don't turn it down. And 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 I uh, but what's really interesting now that we're talking about this is that my is that on Friends, my mother did a thing where they just have her up on the TV screen for maybe three seconds.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's when both guys are in the chairs and they lean back in the chairs and they turn on the TV and her face comes up and they go Whoa, like that. That's it. I get more from that than anything. And I as friends is but it's it's one, two seconds, maybe. And then you gotta think, my God, how much are those kids making? Holy Toledo, If I'm getting money for one second mm-hmm. it's like, wow. I mean, grant you okay, her face was used, they had to pay for it, blah blah blah. But I said anybody that did friends is
0: is holy Toledo. But and she would be on an entire episode of The Love Boat but get a bigger check for three seconds on friends. It's really crazy how licensing and and that kind of stuff works. It's all in the negotiation. It's all about the status of the show. I mean, friends was one of the the highest rated shows ever. Yeah. yeah. So they had the budget to do pretty much whatever they wanted.
1: Well, interesting. Marta Kaufman, who, who executive produced friends and wrote friends Hmm contacted us after the documentary was And so she said, if it wasn't for the character of Sally Rogers being a writer on Dick Van Dyke and making the same salary as the guys and everything, because she was actually the first later on came Marlo Thomas and, Mm -hmm. and Mary's show. Yeah. But she was actually the first to be on the same level as men in that office. And Marta Kaufman told us. I just wish she'd have told us sooner, but she uh, she said it's because of your mother that I became a writer.
0: That's amazing. And that's
1: that is an absolute true true story. And she said I, I I was always a huge fan of your mother's, and when I saw her and saw Sally being a writer and being a part of the guys and and making. The same thing. She said, that's what I wanted to be. And she later on became executive producer and and a writer on Friends.
0: You know, you just, I was just having coffee this morning with a, a dear friend of mine who's a very talented vocalist. And uh she does a lot of work on uh, you know, video games and you know films and stuff, but she she's not a performer. So mm-hmm. I told her I said one of the hardest things for us is that we work behind the scenes. We're not, we don't get to see people enjoy what we do. But mm-hmm always know that anytime somebody could be inspired by what you do. So you always do, you know, your best. And I love that. I love that you found that out. Well, we uh,
1: actually, uh, I, I, Marta was one. Jane Lynch is the other. Wow. Jane Lynch actually mentions my mother in her act. I guess she, she, she had an act mm-hmm. and she, and she thanks my mother in her act every night. That's and awesome. then the, and the other one was Paula Poundstone really Paula Poundstone years ago my mother and i were at some function i think at the century plaza and we walked out to get into the car paula poundstone's outside like a fan like like you know behind the you know the barricades mm-hmm. and i looked and i said that's paula poundstone and she was there, She somehow she had gotten a copy of a Dick Van Dyke Show script. I don't know how she got it or anything, but she had it in her hand. And I walked and, and I looked and so she said, can I, can I talk to your mother? I said, yeah. So I went and I got her and I brought her over. And she said, I cannot tell you, would you please sign my script? And my mother, who never refused an autograph ever ever, she's sure and shes and so she said, "I have to tell you what a mark you made on me and how you and how you showed me that women could do and not didn't have to step down, could be as equal as anybody yeah and I stood right there and and saw it and So uh, Paula Poundstone to this day will talk
0: about my mother to this very day. And so will Jane Lynch. I love that. I mean, it was such a it was such a different time back then. I mean, we're still dealing with some of those issues, which just boggles my mind. But, yeah, she was really the first one that that kind of said, hey, we don't have to have it the way it is.
1: No, and and believe me, that's all due to Carl Reiner's writing, also. Mm-hmm,
2: sure. But, yeah.
1: um, and you know, one of the things that 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 she said when she says it on the film, she says, "I was the first one to have a single name." She said because all her all her uh, marquees of any place that she ever played said Rose Marie. That's it. She said later on it became Liza and Cher and Madonna and sure, yeah. all of those. But she, she took great pride in
0: saying I was the first. I like that. It's true. Well, before we uh, before we get into the CD, which I want to talk to you a little about, obviously, um, I just have one other question for you because sure. I'm really curious about this. Um, you know, when, when Alice Narngram was on the show, we talked a little bit about her time on game shows. Mm-hmm. Uh did your mom was the Hollywood Square something that she looked forward to doing was that a fun thing Oh absolutely thing or, yeah
1: well you know one of the things that um that she she didn't want to work that much after my father passed away
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there's a song on here that I that I'll briefly tell you that uh basic story but um uh she had gotten a call to do Hollywood Squares and they were going to start off and, and it was going to be a new show. And she had gotten the call and, and they said, would you consider doing Hollywood squares, doing, doing this show squares with this, you know, they went through one host the first time and he didn't work out. And then they got Peter and he was the he was one.
0: great. Yeah.
1: It was perfect. But um, she thought about it and she said, yeah, that'll be good because I don't have to sing. I don't have to perform. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do any of that. And I can play and she loved to play games anyway. She loved game game playing that she did pass password and all of them, you know, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, she goes, I can, I can do that. I can do that. I think that would be good for me. And they used to do five shows in one day.
0: And, uh, uh, well, I mean, ninety percent of the time, you're not doing anything.
1: Well, exactly. And and, yeah, and the quick quick story about Hollywood Squares. I was picking her up at the airport one day, and she was walking out, and behind her was Helen Hayes. Well, Helen Hayes was is a legend in the theater. She's the first lady of theater. She's she's like God in the theater. And I'm in the car, and I look, and I see Helen Hayes behind her, and I went. My God, I'm thinking to myself, that's Helen Hayes. And she walks out. She opens the door. She goes, oh, Noopy, I want you to meet Helen Hayes. And I go, yeah, I know who she is. And Helen Hayes sticks her head into the car and says, have to tell you, I watch your mother every day on Hollywood Squares. I would never miss it. I think it's great. I just adore her. And I would never miss a Hollywood Squares. And I'm thinking to myself, Helen Hayes watches Hollywood Squares. (laughs) It couldn't, it wasn't registering in my head. So then she leaves, we get in the car. And I guess the look on my face must've been priceless because my mother looked over at me and she goes, so what do you think of that? And I said, Helen Hayes Helen Hayes watches Hollywood squares. The first lady of theater Shakespeare this that she's watching Hollywood squares. Mm-hmm. And to and I cannot tell you how many times my mother would bring up that story. She go, "Oh, you should have seen Lupe's <laughs> face when she saw Helen Hayes." And I went I was I was flabbergasted. I truly was. I thought, oh, my God.
0: Well, game shows like that were so new and different and exciting. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people tuned into those.
1: You and- know, celebrities to this day watch the you, now with all of the channels out there, you know, between the older uh, cozy TV and all of those and, and and Nick at Night and all of those. All of that is a resurgence oh, yeah. of the way television used to be, because television now is not that entertaining it's morbid it's depressing
2: yeah
1: and and uh so people say i'm not gonna watch this i'm gonna watch a game show Mm -hmm. and i can't tell you how many people tell me oh i saw your mother on pass password the other night i saw Mm -hmm. your mother on and i go oh it's it's but i can see why because of everything in the world You got to have something that's going to take you away, you know, and 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 I always say, I don't want to go see something that's going to lecture me or tell me how to think or tell me what to do. I'm still
0: my own person. So we've got social media for that.
1: Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Yes, really. Like
0: like when I'm having dinner and and I take a break from from working, um, I'll pull up some some old Hollywood squares or some match game. I mean, I grew up in in the era of of game shows being the thing. So for me, that's kind of uh, like comfort food for my brain. Never,
1: yeah, I did too. You know, I grew up with game shows, and 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 people still watch, you know, Jeopardy. But they get upset. I mean, when uh, Alex passed away, that Jeopardy was never the same, as far no. as I'm concerned.
0: No, but it makes too much money to stop. So of course, yeah, we'll just yeah. keep it going. Well, and, and I've heard that uh, Pat Sajak is going to retire from Wheel of Fortune i heard that that should be interesting too i think they're
1: going to get um what's his face from american idol uh the host
0: simon howie
1: no 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 no
0: american idol um i don't know i haven't watched that in a long time you know who i mean um god he's
1: everywhere he's on new year's eve too
0: oh oh um I'm I'm blank. I can on picture name. him. Yeah, he was doing. I'm think, blank the, 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 on his
1: name too. The it's talk right. show
0: with Kelly. Uh, yes. While. Yeah. Kelly Ripa. Um, yes. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about, but his name is just that it is, never comes to me when I'm doing an interview. I always I I know I know, I know.
1: Uh, you know my brain some and you know I'm old so my well, my brain goes south sometimes.
0: You and me both. Well, before we wrap up, we got to talk about this album because this is Please. really. Amazing. And thank you so much for your time. We've been talking for a lot longer than we were supposed to. I know, to. I know. That so but
1: that's, a, you know, I have a tendency. People will say, you know, newbie will talk. Don't worry about that, you know.
0: Yeah, well, I've been known to do a three-hour podcast before. So oh, it's Lord, nothing, no, nothing no, I don't think me. I can do
1: that. I don't think I can uh, do that.
0: But this album, it, it, the thing that fascinates me uh, about this is this is music that even you hadn't heard.
1: True. Uh, I would say 99.9% of... Of the cuts in here, I had never heard. It goes back to the uh, to her heritage as being raised Italian and kind of funny, funny old Italian songs. But she actually wrote some of them, which is even funnier because I said, "My mother wrote this." You know, uh, Romeo the Ice Man, da, 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 da. you know, it's like one of those, and you go, "Oh my!" I, I I listened to that, and I went, "Are you kidding?"
0: I can't wait to hear that because that's. That sounds like something I'd love to hear her but,
1: do. you know, there are there are some cuts in here. Um, if you're familiar with the movie Gypsy, for instance, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I, she, uh, they, they were talking about dubbing Rosalind Russell's voice, and so they had her come in and sing two songs from Gypsy to see because my mother always had kind of a grovel kind of voice. yeah, And they thought it would blend in good with uh, Rosalind Russell. Although Rosalind Russell is a good singer. But you know, the powers that be in the film industry to say, oh, we're going to dub her voice, you know. And um, so they brought her in. And my mother loved the show Gypsy, just loved it. And she became friends with Ethel Merman. And they had a friendship forever. And And they brought her in to sing two of the two of the uh, songs from Gypsy. She did not get the part, but we found the recordings. We actually found the two things that they had recorded of her singing those songs. So that's, those two are on the CD. Mm -hmm. And then uh, of course the one for my baby uh, cut and uh, where Uh, it's quarter to three. There's no one in the place except you and me. And she recorded that in the fifties and women just didn't sing that.
2: Right. And
1: the other thing thing that probably hit me the most was right after my father died. Uh, She was in a major depression and uh, you know, she didn't want to work. And the John Rich, the director of Dick Van Dyke came over and talked to her all night long, and talked her into going back because she was going to quit the show. That was her first thought, because she said, "I, you know, I can't go out there and be funny." Yeah. And and uh, so he he talked her into it. So he, you know, let's finish off the last year because they were only going to do five uh, years anyway. And so, uh, but she was in a major major depression, and one day she got a call from Dean Martin who had a show on at the time on NBC. And he said, I want you to come on my show and I want you to sing. And she said, Dean, I don't think I can do it. I really don't. I don't think I can do it. And Dean knew that everybody knew she was in this depression. So the whole showbiz community kind of, I mean, there were amazing groups of people at that time. And he said, no, you got to come on the show. I want you to come on the show and I want you to sing. And she said, I don't think I can sing. No, I'll be here. You sing whatever you want to sing. So she chose to sing Little Girl Blue. And he she she sang it, She sang the heck out of it with Dean in front of her. Dean said, I'll be right there. And he was, and the, the cut of little girl blue is on this CD. And I, wonder, I, I I heard it and the, I, the tears just streamed down my face because anybody that knows the story, she never sang it again. This is the only time she ever sang that song and it rips your heart. If you have a heart, it'll rip you apart. If you know the story. So I'm, I've kind of told people because we didn't put it in the notes, but it's a, it's a very uh, hard, it was a hard song for her to sing. Like I said, she never sung it again and it, but it did help her get out and it did bring her out because she had to think to herself, I can still sing. And so I think, when you hear that rendition of Little Girl Blue on this CD, you'll know exactly why I'm saying what I'm saying.
0: Because and Was that like a, a turnaround for her? Was that the thing that kind of got her back on? It on did. Miami? It
1: certainly helped. That and I think Hollywood Squares. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Squares got her out. Um, Dick, you know, Dick Van Dyke's show had finished at this point. Right. And so that was over and done with. And she hadn't gone into pushing about doing any of the other shows, all of the, all of the sitcoms, there were eight zillion sitcoms out at that time. Mm -hmm. And she, she really didn't, didn't want to work. She really did, which is odd for her because she loved it. So, but Dean, Dean pushed her into it because they were friends from Vegas days. Those are Mm -hmm. Vegas days.
2: Yeah.
1: And, uh, her and, and, and Frank and Dean and everybody. And, and uh, it was, it was quite a, it was quite a group. And uh, Dean said, I'll get her out. I'll do it. I'll get her out. And that's, and that's the kind of people that they were. A lot of people don't know that Jerry, Jerry Lewis, the same way. Wonderful guy. Uh, When my father was sick and in the hospital, People don't know that Jerry Lewis used to go and see him after hours.
2: Yeah.
1: And my father would say, Jerry's here because my father's on every movie track that Jerry ever did. Jerry loved my father. And uh, uh, my father would say, yeah, Jerry was here last night. And Jerry, Jerry'd sit there and crack jokes and make him laugh. Try to make him feel good. These are things
0: that people don't know about these people. They go,
1: right. oh, he was a pain. He was this, he was that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well,
0: Yeah. But we, we always talk about the things that are, you know, sensational, the things that are controversial, because that's what we think grabs that's what they to want to hear. hear. I'd yeah. rather hear stories like this. I'd rather know what what a person really was, instead of just the bad boy image or you know whatever controversial thing. I want to know that they were good people. I want to know that when I watch a Jerry Lewis movie or when I I think about all the hours I spent watching his telethons, you know growing Me up. Me too. Me um, too. I I want to know that it wasn't a stunt for his you know to, it to grow his career. That it was a that he was really that genuine. That's why we need stories like that. Uh,
1: well, uh, my mother did his telethon one year. And I went with her. We flew into Vegas. And uh I I the the hands-on that Jerry Lewis had on that telethon, I saw most most did not. He wanted reports where it was doing good, where it was doing bad, where it was this, and it was the most professionally run thing I had ever seen. It was like a machine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he he was so genuine about it. And people thought, eh, he's putting it on, he's doing this. He, no, no, he wasn't. He was very after my father passed away, Jerry was was just just devastated. Devastated. Yeah. He didn't want to talk to anybody for like two or three days. He was so upset. Mm-hmm. And he my mother knew that Jerry was into photography the you know again with cameras and all that and uh, and after my father passed away my father had all these cameras and i remember her and i going to jerry's office and giving him all the cameras and jerry just just loved it oh yeah this it, jerry was you know they all thought uh eh, he's this he's that jerry lewis was this extremely talented man he was oh, the yeah. first one to put a video camera on a on a movie camera so that he could see the scene immediately wow he was the first one to put a video camera it came to him Mm -hmm. because he was always directing his own films if you look back on him and it was his idea he said i you know because he's in the he's in the scene right so he said he said i'm going to put a video camera here so i can see what the heck i i'm i'm doing here and if it's right Mm The best interview I ever saw with uh, Jerry Lewis was with Jerry Seinfeld on the uh, Coffee with Celebrities or oh, something. Car, car, uh,
0: coffee and Cars?
1: Coffee and Cars, yes. Netflix, whatever it was, mm-hmm. because Seinfeld knew everything that Jerry had done. And Jerry loved that because, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things, one of the there's a great character actors named uh, Cath, uh, Kathleen Freeman. She was in every Jerry Lewis movie. Every every one of them. And Jerry Seinfeld's asked him, he says, why did you use Kathleen Freeman in every movie? And Lewis looks at him and said, because she's Kathleen Freeman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can get her, you you get her, you know.
1: And he said she's one of the best comedic act, uh, actresses
2: out there.
0: One I'll of tell the best. You, he had a pretty big impact on me when I was growing up, too. I would, every he did year, on I, me, too. I would watch him do those telethons. And I remember one year in particular, I don't know why, what happened. Uh, it might've just been that he was so exhausted by the end of it, but I actually felt guilty going to bed when that man was up for three days raising money. I was probably I the eight same or nine thing. years old.
2: I
1: felt the same way.
0: Yeah. Because
1: I-, I, I would sit there and I'd lay in bed and I'd, and I'd go, I can't sleep. I got to watch. I can't sleep. I gotta
0: watch. Of course, for us, it, it meant the end of summer because it was the day after the telethon was over that we went back to school. Yeah, it was, so I, yeah, it was
1: Labor Day. Sure, yeah, I
0: hated. I hated when it was over because that meant my summer was done. But I, I, one year, uh, my brother and I worked at the uh, at the post office sorting the giant bags of mail that would come in for people sending in their donations because it was all done, you know, by sure. check and, and and pledges back then. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, really, uh, really big impact on me. And and you know, for your mom, of course, she loved doing Hollywood Squares how can life be depressing when you're sitting next to Paul in for eight hours a day?
1: She was above Paul. You oh, know, oh, that's right. Be- she was
0: in the top center.
1: Yeah. It became uh, the uh, thing was Rose Marie to block. Mm-hmm. That was the expression. Cause she was right in the area where she would have to be blocked. Right. And uh, she loved squares. She, she, she uh, came, came in and, and uh, one day she goes, you know, Ethel Merman's in town. Why don't we put her on squares? And they went, okay, we'll book her. You know, Ethel Merman did Hollywood Squares, for God's sake. So <laughs> and and they always shared a dre- like she was sharing a dressing room with Phyllis Diller one time. She was sharing a dressing room, you know, depending on who they had. And they would do, I think they would do uh two, uh three, three shows, then break for dinner. A couple times I went down there to to meet him because it was always catered it
0: was great oh yeah
1: and uh and paul usually paul had a couple of drinks during dinner so the next two shows were pretty good <laughs> and uh <laughs> paul paul was over at the house numerous funniest guy in the world honest yeah. to god he he could say hello to me and i'd start laughing
0: so and one of the most quick-witted people i've ever seen
1: unbelievable <laughs> yeah. wit and yeah.
0: just uh just
1: a fabulous uh so funny mm. so funny and in, and in those days everybody had dinner parties yeah. you know it wasn't a thing where you know you had to have dinner in the house and you had, and of course being part italian my mother cooked for days
2: mm.
1: and uh it was always a dinner party, so we had, you know, like Betty, Betty, and Alan Ludden. You know, Betty came over, Betty White, and all that, and and we had some great dinner parties because my mother loved to entertain. She loved the cooking because that's how she was raised, and the whole bit. And and it was, it was a great time. And then squares really helped her a lot. And after she. After she put in a couple of years of squares, that was when she came out of it and she and she became her. And that's when she said, OK, and she would call up her agent. I'm not working this week. Get me a job mm-hmm. or she or she would call up Aaron Spelling and mm-hmm. say, uh, you know, Aaron, I'm not working next week. And next week, she'd have a love boat. <laughs>
0: I'm not kidding. I love kidding. that go-getter attitude, though. I mean, normally people just... Well, I'm paying my agent to do that.
2: And oh you know, God, agent, no! You know?
1: Oh Lord, no! She, she, she. If she wasn't working for a week, it drove her nuts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was like, no, no, no! I gotta work. I gotta work. But she also loved it. She loved it. And when she was doing Four Girls, Four. Um, with Margaret Whiting and Helen O'Connell and Rosemary Clooney on the road, mm-hmm. I watched her one night backstage, and I and I watched her, and the audience was going crazy. She was at the end of her act, and she's bowing and all that stuff. And I'm looking at her, and I that's, boy, it really hit me then. I I, I said, she really loves this. Mm-hmm. You could see it in her eyes. You could see it yeah. in her face.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was like This is it. This is the epitome of and it just was a weird thing because all the years that I've been through seeing her perform and all that, it hit me that night when I saw that expression on her face and her looking at that audience.
0: Well, thank you, Dean Martin, for getting things back on track.
1: He did. He did. He you know, these were wonderful people and they and for all the baloney that was said about him and all that kind of stuff we you know these were good people that really cared about each other and well, a they, lot of they're all italian family oriented people exactly you know?
2: exactly
1: so, and i you know we were in vegas one time Dean was actually performing and she had sent back she goes oh, it's you know it's noopy's birthday and in the middle of his act he said noopy and he sang happy birthday to me oh. i mean he just looked at me and sang happy birthday to me and and we went backstage. There was another show, and Jimmy Durante was playing. We went backstage, and they brought a cake, and I had a birthday cake with Jimmy Durante. And wow, my mother was one of the very few that could do a good impression of Jimmy Durante.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and and uh, but anyway, most of these songs that are on there um, are songs that she sang when she was singing in the fifties. And then we go to the sixties. There are some songs on there that are from the Dick Van Dyke show when she actually performed on there because the fans, which is why we did this. We did it for the fans. Um, Every time a Dick Van Dyke show would show when she sang her Facebook page exploded. Is there any way we can get more of her singing? Is there any way we can hear more of her singing? And it just it just so finally we just came to the conclusion that this would be the year that we would do this and we went through countless of tapes cassettes transcripts reel
0: to reels it just it's crazy. Well, being that the 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 magnetic tapes were so old, did you have any problem with uh, quality or degradation of the tape?
1: Well, yeah, we had to, you know, a couple of them we had to 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 clear up, sure, yeah, because of 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 the age, you know alone. I mean, literally when uh, we were going through film of uh, of all these old film things for the uh, documentary, one we opened up one film can and it exploded because of the nitrate. Wow! I mean, we had. I mean, it went poof. It was red. I mean, we all went
0: whoa. (laughs) I mean, you go to open the next one, and you're like, (laughs) "Yeah,
1: oh no, it's like maybe we should go outside,
0: you know?" Yeah, but
1: um, um, because some of these films were were old and just and just weren't, you know, in a vault somewhere being taken care of at a certain temperature, but. uh we got very lucky with uh most of the yeah you might hear a little couple of scratches on some of these things but sure. you know not bad
2: Good.
1: uh considering but uh and of course all of the all of the stuff from dick van dyke is as a matter of fact on her uh, uh facebook page somebody said is there going to be any cuts from the dick van dyke show i love the way she sang cotton fields i love the way She's saying, you know, and so, uh, yes, yes, they're on there. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting. exciting.
0: It is. And I want to thank you and everyone involved for putting in all this effort to make it happen. And thank uh, you. You know, give people something that they really obviously want and, and should have. I'm looking so forward to hearing it. So the CD comes out August 15th to correspond it, with her it,
1: birthday. It uh, actually comes out August 11th. We're going to celebrate her birthday on the 15th with a streaming on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, on her YouTube channel, which is called hold the roses, which is all one, one word. Cause that's the name of her book. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you can go to her web uh www.missrosemarie.com, and all the links are there for whatever you want to do. There's a deluxe edition on the CD, and then uh, you can pre-order it right now
0: on uh, Amazon if you want. Perfect. And I will have all those links in the show notes, as always, to make it easier for you guys. Because, be you great. know, why wouldn't I do that? Uh, no no I enjoy talking to you You too and I so I want to know now uh, when does your book come out because you've had quite a colorful and interesting life I was asked that this
1: morning I swear to you I um uh I was talking to someone who is a huge fan of my mother's knew everything she ever did
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he said uh that he said you should re-release her book but you write a 50 page thing, he said, because you have the greatest stories in the world. And he said, and they would really, and the, the fans would really enjoy that. I said, mm-hmm. well, that's, that's an interesting thing. I said, I've been told I should write a book. Everybody has sure. said I
0: should, I should write a book, but um, I, I don't mean, know. You're just having birthday cake with Jimmy Durante. I mean, it's it and for you, this was just your life, but for people outside of the Hollywood world, it's fascinating stuff, and it's, well, it's stuff that we don't hear news stories about these people anymore. So
1: yeah, yeah, you know. and that's sad because you know uh, there are there are people that don't know who my mother was, don't right. have a clue
2: out right. there,
1: and and uh, that's sad. But I mean, there was a, a nurse that that was taking care of her in the hospital at one time, and I said, "Do you know who she is?" And the nurse said. Uh, no but they tell me she's an actress and I said no that's not it <laughs> and i so i so i gave her the uh, web page let me get rid of this phone from. I'm
2: so anyway
1: um uh so i gave her the web page and she went and looked it up she got all excited because she thought that my mother was on Wikipedia and i said
2: <laughs>
0: that's how you know you've made it
1: and she goes, she's on Wikipedia. That's all she kept saying to me. She's on Wikipedia. And I'm looking going, are you kidding me? Wow. She looked at all this stuff and 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 she goes, oh, she's on Wikipedia. And she's on Google. And I went, okay, so the world's in serious trouble now. And this is a nurse. Okay, fine. Right, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. So yeah, there's there's a there's a whole group out there that are young, you know, and 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 uh I think to myself, well, maybe I should just say that, you know, she knew Taylor Swift personally.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Now if, if you can that get That was the that,
1: only if, thing that came into my head, you know, you she actually get, knew Taylor Swift at one point.
0: If you can get Taylor redoing one of her songs, and then you do the thing where they merge the voices together and she sings with your mom.
1: Oh I my guarantee. God, can you imagine?
0: Oh, the world the world would be on its butt. I, I guarantee you that.
1: Can you imagine?
0: <laughs> now, now I'm sad that that hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> Very well, see, there you go. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate thank all the you. extra time that you were so generously giving no me. No problem.
2: So much I fun enjoyed. talking
0: to you. Um, hang on for me for one more moment, if you would, because I have a suggestion sure. about your book. Okay. And uh, and I will see you guys on the next episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. In the meantime, check the links in the show notes, folks. This is a CD that you do not want to miss. And uh, oh, real quick, the documentary. So where is that available? Is that part of the CD package? Where? Tell me about that.
1: Oh, you can get the documentary on Amazon. If you're Amazon Prime, you can view it for nothing. It's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can buy it, which has all the extras, which has Carl Reiner on there and Dick Van Dyke on there and uh and you can buy it but i was just told that uh amazon's running low on people buying it so i think they only have like six or seven left so oh, wow if you, if you want to buy the cd and i have friends that have bought it that oh my god they've run the thing 10 15 times and i said what what and they they absolute everybody watches it at least twice at least and And they said every, and I have a friend that said, every time I watch it, I find something a little bit different. I find something that I didn't know before. Yeah. Well, so yes, it's on Amazon right now. You can, you can get it right now, or you can watch it for nothing.
0: Well, when you, when you're bombarded with so much information, you do tend to, like you're focusing on something you just heard and you miss the next thing. So yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense, but that also shows how much it means to them, how much they care and how much it's touching their heart to to see that because they they want to hear every little bit.
1: She she uh she uh, said to me she said whenever somebody comes over and I cook dinner it's dinner and then the movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, "Are you kidding?" She said, "I'm dead serious." <laughs> she said, "I've probably seen it 10 to 15 times." Wow. And she said I never get tired of it ever.
2: Fair and you it's
1: know. not and it's not just because it's me. Trust me. Mm -hmm. the film is a very good film and it is it is a love story it's a history of the business and if you have any interest in show business at all puts you right and then it just takes you on a ride that you go holy toledo and it started when she was performing at
0: three well and i will have the link to that in the show notes as well especially for you prime people that uh you know, can can watch it without the worry of all the DVDs being gone before you get there. But grab yeah, a DVD because you're going to want to see those extras that, exactly. you're, that you're not going to get on Prime. Uh, well, Noopy, thank you so much. I'm so excited about all this. Uh, this show will air in plenty of time for people to watch the uh, the YouTube event. Uh, on the 15th. So uh, guys, check out that link. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode of the show. We'll see you. Well, I think I have another bonus episode coming out tomorrow. So uh, there you go. (laughs) And, oh, and I'll just, I'll just say as a precursor for tomorrow's episode, uh, if you guys are concerned or worried or anything about this whole AI thing, we're going to be digging into that because that is a whole can of worms that, uh, I usually don't do political or anything on the show, but uh, I think this needs to be discussed. So tune in tomorrow and go get that DVD. We'll see you guys. Cheers.